Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I am talking to a gentleman who has started a business that is focused on predictive health data, I guess you could say, that's going to basically save the healthcare system billions and billions of dollars, but also at the same time, save a ton of lives, particularly at the start here with people who have heart disease. And this is something that's near and dear to me because my family has a history of this. And so I definitely am excited to learn a little bit more about the business and about the journey that Mo Nori, the founder and CEO of Script Chain Health, has been on thus far. Welcome to the show, Mo. I really appreciate taking the time today to talk to us about your business and your journey. Thank you for having me, Lance. Okay. So Mo, I ask everybody the same question right off the hop here, and that is, what are three things that you think every entrepreneur needs to know based off of the experience that you've garnered being an entrepreneur for a few years here in a few different businesses? I would say my top three would be, and not in this particular order, but number one would be having to be scrappy. Uh, number two would be uh, definitely have grit. And number three, you would, uh, I would say you would have to be a visionary because you have to sell people your dream. So being scrappy and having the grit, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Um, what What do you see as the difference between those? Because they're kind of related, right? So mm -hmm. put it in your words. I would say scrappy has a lot to do with, um, in, in my opinion, creating something out of nothing, mm. right? Especially when you're starting entrepreneurship, you don't have much, much money, right? And uh, the, the biggest thing is, is, to, is to gather as much resources that you possibly can with almost little to no money. And to create a product and service that customers will love, yeah. right? And then being grit, like having grit is being able to take the challenges, even though not many people support you or believe in you and to continually yeah. coming back stronger and stronger. Yeah. And, and I can see like your business, it's been two and a half years since you started it. You're still in that startup phase, your pre-revenue at this point, and just about to get uh, into the revenue generation here. I know this year is the, is the plan. And so uh, that's really exciting. But in that journey, this two and a half year journey that you've been in, um, you know, you're a young guy, you were in school at the same time that you're starting this business. I can see where that, that grit and determination and the scrappiness really has to come from because you're not sitting on a pile of cash and you haven't gone out to the investment community yet either. So you're bootstrapping this as a student. That's amazing. Definitely. Uh, especially during the time that we actually started, uh, was at the peak of the pandemic. So it yep. was definitely getting over those challenges. Obviously, healthcare was hit incredibly hard, especially if you weren't in the telemedicine, COVID-related uh, industries. Yeah. Um, and trying to stay alive was was definitely key. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They were, everybody's attention was solely focused on one area of healthcare. You're you're totally right on that. So now, 
so that the rest of the audience here understands what your business is, uh, can you give us a little bit of a snapshot as to what Script Chain Health is all about? Definitely. So we are a digital health startup where we've built an AI prediction platform for heart disease readmission. Those two use cases are, are uh, very large. Obviously, number one, heart disease is the number one cause of death in the United States, which equates over 700,000 deaths alone just in the U.S., and globally, over 18 million deaths annually. Wow. Readmission is also a very large problem in the healthcare industry, right? That, that equates to over $72 million a day in penalties and losses. And we're looking mm-hmm. to build a strong solution for uh, bettering patient outcomes and to help physicians identify all these high-risk patients. Yeah, and so you're using AI to do this. Can you walk us through a little bit of that? Because it seems seems like nowadays AI is inserted into absolutely everything. So how are you <laughs> using AI for this business? Very true. Uh, there's a lot of hype in AI today, but we are truly a AI-based company. We have integrated two uh, world-renowned neural networks together to work together uh, to be able to make these predictions for uh, physicians uh, through a zero to 100 percentage format. Our application is actually located within the EHR system as a widget. All you have to do is click the button. They make the predictions and we have an actionable, which for phase one at least is treatment options to better and optimize the point of care for the patient. And that's where you're going to get the dramatic reduction then in readmissions, right? Is that you're treating you actually have a treatment plan that comes out of the analysis that the AI is doing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting stuff. Now, now how did you stumble into this? I mean, are you a a med grad? Are you a tech grad? Like where is this expertise coming from that has you positioned as the founder of a medical company like this? You know, my family sometimes jo- jokes around and, and tells me that you should have became a doctor. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so I came up with this idea. It actually dated back to when I was born. My mom gave birth to my sister and I within a year time frame. And uh, she needed assistance taking both of us, t- taking care of both of us. Um, so my grandma had stepped in, started taking care of me while my mom tended to my sister. And over the years, I became very close with my grandmother. She was the world to me. And I consider myself to be grandma's boy, for sure. But she was uh, suffering from CHF. And over the years, I started to see that uh, she started to become very weak, um, have shortness of breath, and always in and out of hospitals. It got to a point where it got very severe. She couldn't walk from one hallway to another without assistance and i remember waking up one morning early in the morning uh, and we received a phone call that she had passed away due to the chf and that's when my heart shattered uh into a million pieces and i really started to kind of question the healthcare system at the time uh, as to why did she have to take so much medications number one why weren't they able to intervene at an earlier stage why does she have to continually go back in and out of the hospital? Um, so fast forward to me getting into business school, I thought about that use case again. But before that, my first time exposure in the professional work experience was actually working for a medical device company, 
where I mm-hmm. got to interact, speak with physicians on a day-to-day basis and being able to sell medical devices for them that they needed. Uh, when I got into business school, I thought about that use case again, but this time I looked into how large of a problem it actually is, how large of a market is it, and what are some possible solutions. I found out that because of these hospitals and clinics store you know, these large databases called electronic health record systems that store tons and tons of patient medical data that it would be humanly impossible to be able to sort through all that data uh, without the assistance of advanced technology. That's yep. when artificial intelligence hit me. And I said, this would be a perfect use case for neural networks specifically. Um, and that's when I thought about this is the perfect time to start. And that's what we did. Yeah, that, that's that's quite the story. And, and uh, you know, it goes from that experience, the profound experience that you have and carried with you right through your education and, and then, uh, yeah, identifying an opportunity that may exist. That, now, in terms of the technology part of it, has that been relatively difficult for you to navigate as a non, you know, technical guy, a guy who's in business school versus a guy who is, you know, doing some sort of computer technology or, or advanced data modeling and so on? So actually, my undergrad was in information systems and business management. Um, so I, oh, okay. I did have, you know, some technical expertise there, uh, as well as when I received my MBA, my concentration was in data analytics. And throughout uh, my experience in, in, in business school, I attended many, many, many and participated in many hackathons where I got to actually work with many intelligent people that went to my school, went to MIT, went to Harvard. And we worked together with artificial intelligence solutions as well as taking courses within business school as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Then there, you definitely have a little bit of the technology know-how along the way that you've picked up for sure. So I'm really curious, you know, here you are a student uh, with the busy, you know, student studying and everything else, but then also the social life and uh, that comes along with it. And yet you're starting this medical company uh, in the midst of all this. So like, I, I'm just fascinated by that decision. How did that occur? Like, was this a conscious thing or did you just find yourself, you know, like you said, you participated in a hackathon or whatever. And it's just like, it just kind of grew and it just became what it is. Um, or was this very intentional? No, I would, I would definitely say that it started to kind of start off with a very small idea and it started to grow over time. Um, my intentions entering business school did not occur to me that I would start a digital health startup. It just happened in, in the process and very difficult. You have to be very disciplined for it, but I am very happy about my decision and where we are today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, you had mentioned uh, uh, to me, and I, I shared this already with the audience, that you're uh, pre-revenue right now, two and a half years into the business, planning on being, uh, you, you're starting to generate revenue here right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a bootstrapping perspective, um, are you at a point now where you have investors um, 
how, how are you funding all of this, I guess? How did you bootstrap all of this? Um, and, and where are you at in terms of that um, financial financing journey, I guess? Definitely. So we're considered to be a seed stage uh, startup right now. And how we keep running is based off of uh, selling an arm and a leg um, <laughs> and uh, tons and tons of eating ramen noodles, I like to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing of what you can do uh, just based off of being, being scrappy. You shared with me before we hit the record button that you've done something that I don't think I've ever heard any other uh, entrepreneur tell me this, and that is that they haven't been on a vacation for six years. So obviously, you're just pushing through all the walls. I mean, it's brute force that is getting you to the place where you're at today and where you're going to be at tomorrow. And so tell me a little bit about that commitment that you are having to make in your business and I guess how you navigate through the personal side of it, like trying to balance that work life, the personal uh, relationships and so on while doing this amazing business startup. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not easy. Um, I think how I've been able to kind of go this long, um, without any vacations whatsoever, barely even taking a day off per week, which comes either on Saturday or Sunday, is discipline, like number one. Uh, I know that I'm, I'm a very disciplined individual. Uh, that's how I was raised growing up. And number two, being able to kind of understand my mind and my body a lot. So that's why I actually work out five to six days a week to be able to continue to stay sharp, um, stay sane for sure, and uh, be very productive. What is the routine? What, what's the, the weekly routine that you find yourself in? Um, so you're working out a few days a week or more than a few, yeah. I guess, and, uh, and then working six days a week or so as well. So, so walk us through what that routine looks like. How do you maintain that mind-body health um, and perspective? 100%. So I wake up at 5.30 in the morning uh, every single weekday. Uh, I, I, I get up, uh, have a quick little pre-workout meal um, while checking on my emails and going uh, through some of the, the newsletters that I subscribe to. Uh, I like to read those early in the morning to kind of get the brain going. And in the process of also eating, I kind of get into the zone of understanding what my workout routine is about to be. I work out for about an hour and a half, sometimes two hours long. Um, so about 6.30 to around 8 or, or 8.30 is, is, how I, is how long I, I work out for. And I like to do different types of workouts. It's either like weight training, um, conditioning, and uh, also like swimming as well. And that helps me get in the groove of things. I also uh, have recently stopped listening to music um, during my workouts uh, because what I've, what I've been paying attention to is listening to music. I also don't take pre-workout, by the way, or drink any coffee or anything like that. Um, is that listening to music, it, it actually, it's kind of like a cheat code for you. In, in order to be mentally strong as well as physically strong, you have to try to get 
you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, so that's what I what I've started, and what I've noticed is that it's a lot more difficult working out without any music going on or anything like that, and to continue going for a very strong workout. So I so I do that throughout my entire workout routine every single day, um, and then I come back uh, home, shower, eat super quick, and start working around nine in the morning to about seven to eight p.m. Sometimes longer if needed. Yeah. Wow. And 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 not very many breaks. And so you're not taking, uh, you know, more than a day off a week, and then no extended breaks out outside of that at all. Then. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. usually that one day that I do take a break, I, I'm actually just running a bunch of errands, just trying to catch up on everything else like I need to do outside of work. So it still yeah. kind of seems like work, but I guess I'm not in front of my computer at the time. So, so question for you, how do you find the, the, I guess the drive, how do you keep so driven for two and a half years with this kind of a pace? Yeah. Um, I'm just self-motivated. I'm just self-motivated. I've always had a chip on my shoulder throughout my entire life, uh, for different things. And it's continued like continually help me grow, uh, in, in different ways and to, and to keep going and never giving up. And I've done that throughout my entire life. Like it's not even mm -hmm. just my startup. It's literally my entire life. Uh, and it's just built in me. You sometimes kind of have to have it because what I've noticed is some people like to be taught a certain way, but I'm a firm believer that sometimes you are born with it with certain skill sets. And this is one of mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's remarkable. I know, uh, I, you know, at my age now, I just don't have the energy it feels like, uh, yeah. but, uh, but maybe that's because I'm not getting up at five 30 in the morning and doing these intensive workouts because like you said, <laughs> you have to feed that mind and the body. Um, and the discipline that you have there definitely would translate into incredible discipline in the business um, side of things. So, so tell me a little bit about the business journey that you've been on. So, um, you know, what are some of the biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome as a guy bootstrapping, you know, a medical business like this? Um, it's, uh, it must be, must be difficult, um, at times navigating, you know, the, the big beast that the healthcare system is. And then also I know, you know, as a young guy that started businesses when I, you know, similarly when I was younger, um, mm -hmm. there was a lot of people that discounted my abilities and kind of discarded me as, uh, and my ideas as well. And so I'd imagine you probably have faced some of that. So talk to me a little bit about some of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome. Yeah, I think just being in the digital health space, especially when our solution uh, needs to get FDA clearance. It's not the easiest uh, pathway to take, um, yeah. but it's something that we do need to take. Healthcare globally is is large, especially in the U.S., right where we're where, where uh, we are located. About twenty percent of GDP here, yeah. and that comes with a lot of segmented industries. That comes with um, areas of opportunity because of that, and 
starting this idea, especially during COVID-19, and we all know how serious that was, especially in the healthcare industry with uh, everything being shut down. Uh, a lot of these solutions were focused on virtual care and or uh, COVID-related uh, solutions, and we're neither, I, I guess you can say. So um, we, I, I definitely did hit a lot of challenges. Number one, continually to remind myself and my entire team to keep going. Uh, business development, kind of, I stopped doing that during the time of COVID just because a lot of the conversations that we were having at the time uh, ended up coming to a halt because uh, they were only focused on those two, three domain um, and anything outside of that. They wanted to push it off to the next year or the following year after that. So mm-hmm. for me, what I did is that I focused solely on R&D, right? Research and, and development to be able to flesh out uh, a, a product that many of these users would love, such as patients and physicians. Um, and some of the roadblocks that I, that, I, that I hit, one of them in particular was a deal that I was actually working on for several months. And this was one of my biggest roadblocks that I, that I hit in the earlier stages. I think I would say within the first year of starting the startup, I was working on this deal. I'm not going to mention the name of the healthcare system, but I was working on this deal with the healthcare system and several months, I mean, with several different stakeholders um, to get in. And it's a world-renowned healthcare system as well. And a ton of documents uh, that we had to sign, proposals, uh, you know, BAAs, getting IRB approval, you name it, we went through it. Uh, there were nights where I, there was this one specific weekend that I didn't sleep for three days, three days, because I was told on Friday, that Friday, that if we don't submit a proposal by Monday, we would have to wait an entire quarter to mm. submit it into the committee. And as an entrepreneur, we can't wait another three months for a committee to review um, our proposal. So, because we don't know if we're going to be alive in three months, right? Um, and what I had to do is I stayed up. This is the first time I've ever stayed up for three days in a row uh, on writing this proposal. And I finally got submitted. That was done. And we received the thumbs up from co-principal investigators. Uh, we received the thumbs up from the licensing manager, and we received a, le- a thumbs up from the data manager. And we just and legal as well because they agreed uh, to our documents. The only thing we needed is to receive a thumbs up from the chairman of that specific mm-hmm. organization. And yep. because of COVID, impacted every healthcare system think in the world, um, they had to push back a ton of uh, pilots and a bunch of different studies that they had uh, planned that were backlogged. And they needed more and more individuals to come on and continue those, those studies. So we got the thumbs down, which was the only stakeholder that we needed to move forward with what we had planned. And that was crushing to me. Yeah. That crushed me 
so much that day it it, it like ruined my entire day because I, I worked incredibly hard for that and I put all my eggs in one basket which was a mistake on my behalf but mm. I was so confident in this closing because I, I I you know we received great feedback from everyone but the chairman said we have other things uh, aligned that we have to go through and those are slightly more important on our schedule uh, than everything else. And so, that, that was definitely something that, that triggered something in me. Yeah. So how, how do you pick yourself up off the floor? Uh, you know, yeah. when you get that kind of a gut punch where it just uh, knocks the wind right out of you. Yeah. I, I received this news. Uh, I, I remember it was late afternoon and I couldn't think of anything else besides that. So what I ended up doing is uh, going for a walk. I, I took a walk around my area, uh, like three or four laps in. And I told myself that don't let this hinder you. Just give it one more day. And the next day I woke up, I felt a lot better. Yeah. And continued. Yeah. The uh, the positive mindset and, and mental uh, work that you do is uh, is obviously uh, giving you the strength to continue on in these kind of circumstances, and I I, I just want to uh, applaud you for that because it it is so easy to feel defeated uh, when you have those kinds of situations and and just want to give up, right? But no, you're you're pushing through it. It's that brute force, like I was saying, right? It's just like, yeah. I'm not giving up on this. This is going to happen, which is really, really cool. Now, uh, a quick question for you. Now, if you had the ability to, you know, send a letter back in time to your younger entrepreneurial self, maybe at the very beginning of the startup, Ooh. um, or at any point along the journey, what would you say to yourself? What would you be telling yourself in that letter? I could probably write a book about this, uh, Lance. I'll say that I don't. I don't know about a letter, but definitely a book. Uh, <laughs> um, listen to customers. Mm -hmm. Understand that every every feedback that you receive isn't always going to be great feedback. Trust in your gut and continually go to uh, networking events, conferences that may not always pertain to your specific industry, but you'll meet great people along the way yep. that may not be able, that may or may not be able to help you directly, but they may know somebody that can. Yeah. Yeah. The, the power of networking is just incredible. Right. And there's so many people. And this is the thing that I love about this show is I get to talk to entrepreneurs about their uh, journeys and, and they always are so giving of their time. It seems right. like the most successful ones are the ones that are the first to step up and and with their hand and, and reach out to another entrepreneur and, and give them a, a little bit of an of a lift up. And, uh, and so we get to share these stories and, and build this community and the networking. I totally agree with you. And, and the thing that I would add, you know, for any of the people who are, you know, in the early stages of their business is to don't be afraid to ask for help. 
Like it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing how many people are willing to go out of their way to just give you a little bit of support, to introduce you to the right person, to, um, you know, uh, whether that's an investor or whether that's a, your first customer or another customer um, or a supplier or whatever, right? Or an advisor. It's, it's really quite amazing. We've had the, the um, privilege to talk to, you know, so many entrepreneurs. I think we're around 240-ish right now. Uh, and after talking to 200 of them, well, we created a book called The, the Secret Sauce um, to, you know, starting your business and growing your business. And mm-hmm. uh, it's all that distilled down from all the advice that all these people gave. And, and so uh, I definitely encourage you and, and the rest of our audience to, to take a read through that because that's exactly the kinds of things, what you just said, that I, I wish I could have told my younger self these mm-hmm. things. That's what's in the book because this is what people are talking about on this show. It's really neat. Um, anyway, I, I just really wanted to say thank you for taking the time today to share your story. And, and uh, you know, you are in a space that has such a profound impact on people and not just, you know, the, the lives that could be saved, which is paramount, but also just the cost to the healthcare systems around the globe. Um, and we all know that it's just unsustainable the way that all of the healthcare systems are, uh, are headed with the massive, um, investment that's required and, and, and basically sucking so much GDP, you know, out of the, com- uh, out of the countries. Right. So, so, uh, what you're going to be doing there is, uh, is just super, super profound and, and I'm humbled by the things that you're you're doing and the way that you've approached your business. So uh, I applaud you for that and wish you the best success, Mo. It's uh, it's exciting to see what you're going to be able to do. Thank you for that, Lance. I, I appreciate it. And thank you for having me again. Yeah, yeah my pleasure. And so, Mo, if somebody wanted to connect with you uh, for whatever reason, whether it's to you know, make an introduction for you or to ask you some questions or maybe get you uh, into their clinic or their uh, health practice, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, It's just M-O-H, my last name, Nori, N-O-O-R-I, as well as uh, on on Twitter at MoNori91. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks again. Really appreciate it, Mo. And for those of you who are listening to this right now, and if you enjoyed this episode, head over to our archives over at amplifyyourbusiness.ca, and you'll be able to find all of the past episodes there, as well as the future ones, of course. And of course, you can just search Amplify Your Business on your favorite podcasting platform if you prefer just the audio version of this podcast. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day.